but there is a rule with this pot, you have to spend all the money in it, if not monthly then at least every three months. You have to blow it. This was a tough one for me, and sometimes still is. In the past, I created great saving and investing habits, but spending money on myself was seriously tough. In essence, I was suffering from wealth anorexia. Growing up during the height of the South African apartheid regime, I developed a number of really unhealthy wealth beliefs, attaching huge pain and guilt to having money and dashed so much, so that, although I really wanted financial security, I hated spending money on me. You must allow your free spirit some form of outlet. If you don't, it will burst out in some way or another, often causing a big mess, as it does so, either in the form of binge spending or a huge money drama. And I kept having money dramas. Dramas that would wipe out my savings and investments and dash, until I realized I was actually creating them, and that the root cause was my failure to allow myself to have fun and enjoy my money, guilt-free. You'll rebel against this key wealth recipe, if you don't do this. You need to give your soul a creative outlet. Pot 6, Your Contributions Pot Put at least 5% into this pot to donate to a charity or organization that you feel is creating a better world. If you want to turn it into 10%, then take the extra 5% from your necessities. But remember, money isn't the only way to contribute. If you can't yet donate 5%, make time to contribute in other ways. That's it. Recipe number one, simple, but also immensely powerful. So where do you actually put all this money? Do you go and buy a big set of actual pots and split your money between each pot, as it comes in and then have them and your money sitting around in your kitchen? Yes and no. You need to have a minimum of two bank accounts, a transactional account, which you use for your everyday transactions, and an investment slash savings account. Your pot 1 and dash investment and pot 2 and dash savings amounts need to be put into your investment slash savings account as soon as income comes into your life. Your necessities, growth, fun, and contributions amounts can stay in the transactional account. When you update your income statement each month, track your actual spending in each of these categories against what your target spending is and adjust where necessary. If banking is free or very low cost, where you live, you may choose to have more accounts, but remember, keep things simple. I also recommend you have actual jars or pots in your home for found money, and as a symbol of the great money manager you're becoming. Have fun decorating them and labeling them, and every time you find a few loose dollars or cents, put them into these pots in the wealth pie proportions. Call them your wealth slash freedom slash prosperity or abundance pots and dash whatever works for you. They'll serve to remind you that you're an excellent wealth chef and your money carving skills rock. This is also a great activity for kids and a super way for you to teach them great money management skills early on in life. Perhaps you're thinking, but I have no money to manage and dash no. Once you begin to manage it, you'll have plenty of it. Start managing your money as soon as you can. If you say you'll start once you've caught up, or when you get the next pay raise, so your income is more than your expenditure, and so on, it's a little like saying you'll start dieting and exercising once you've lost weight. The universe has a principle of management. You get more once you show you can handle what you've already got. So start managing what you have now. Managing your money is the ultimate get-rich scheme and the most lucrative thing you can do with your time and money right now.
I promised to teach you to find between 10 and 20% savings on your current spending without reducing your quality of life. To do this, you'll be using a new wealth cooking technique and dash juicing and dash and one of your coolest wealth cooking tools, your sieve. Here we go. Squeezing the juice. As a wealth chef, you need to squeeze the juice out of every cent you spend. You need to get value for your money, and most important, you need to spend less than you earn. You're probably thinking, yeah, right, and easy for you to say. I don't even have enough money for my month now, and you want me to spend less? Yes, I do. Chances are, you do have some extra money, but it's leaking out of your wealth pantry and you haven't even noticed it. You'll need to be brutally honest about where your money is going. Let's take a look at your wealth pantry again. The aim of your wealth cooking is to make your income and asset drawers as big as possible, and your liability and expenses drawers as small as possible, while living a quality life. To do this, you have to reduce the cost of your day-to-day spending and increase your income. Overspending is bizarre behavior and leads only to misery. We've created a break-even culture, where most people believe that a successful month is one where the outflows match the inflows. You have to break out of break-even to create a wealth feast. Just focusing on increasing your income won't do. Ending the break-even habit is about achieving your target spend percentages. You can do so by increasing your income, while keeping your expenses the same, by reducing your expenses and keeping your income the same, or in dash the best way and dash by increasing your income and reducing your expenses. For most people, reducing their expenses is an easier place to start, rather than increasing their income. We'll get back to increasing income. Later. For now, we are going to slash your expenses by squeezing out all the juice. When you created your income statement, I'm sure you already discovered some items that you'd forgotten about. Or maybe you simply didn't realize just how much you were spending on certain categories. So first, work out how close you are to your spending targets and see in which categories you are out of balance. Start with the category where the gap between your target and actual expenditure is the biggest. You can decrease the gap between your target percentage and your current expenditure percentage in two ways. Set a percentage improvement target for each month and dash say, to decrease your gap by 2% a month over the next 12 months, or ellipsis points. Challenge each item on your expenditure list, with the aim of making reductions that will fill the gap. When you're starting off, I recommend you do both. Challenging each item of your expenditure really makes you question why you're spending that money and what it brings you. This helps increase your awareness of your spending habits. When you start off challenging each item on your expenditure list, your aim is to see where you can reduce your spending and so eliminate waste. Looking over your expenses, you'll most probably notice a whole range of unconscious spending, things you've bought or money that's gone out without your even thinking about it and dash let alone getting value from it. Another area of expenditure that might surprise you is bank fees. These are nasty little amounts that add up quickly like my snibbling away in your wealth pantry. They can be significantly reduced by a little bit of research into different bank account options and by changing your bank. Now, here's an amazing statistic, you are more likely to get divorced than to change your bank. So start being a demanding customer, value yourself and your money, and move to a bank and an account that makes you rich and dash not the bank. It's easy to change bank accounts, and most banks will do all the work around changing any debit orders you have. 
So no excuses, challenge each and every expense. How you approach your expense slashing is going to make all the difference between success and failure. While you're going through your expenditure, remember to keep your wealth feast vision clearly in your mind. This is a treasure hunt. You're doing this because you value yourself. You're doing this because financial freedom and all the joy and happiness that comes with it are more important to you than some short-term sugar rush fix brought on by spending all your money now. Keep your big why at the front of your mind. Keep your big why at the front of your mind and use that awesome tool, your imagination, to see how each reduction in your spending is helping to create your wealth feast. I do this all the time. Seeing where I can reduce my expenditure is a game I play. Yes, I do see it as a game. A game in which I play against the consumer machine that tries to squeeze every cent it can out of me and in which I try to get every bit of value out of it. I put some great music on, get my income statement out, and go through each and every line, asking the following juice squeezer questions. In dash do I really need this? In dash do I actually use this? In dash do I get maximum value from this specific expense? In dash how else can I get the same thing, feeling, or experience in dash only cheaper? In dash is this taking me closer to my financial freedom vision? Each month, review your expenditure in each category and see how large the gap is, how far are you from your target? This will tell you how well you're managing your money. When you've got your chunks of spending under control, you can just check once a month that you're within your spending targets and then, say, every six months, do a detailed review. My hubby, Dave, and I do this every six months. We get all our information together, open a bottle of wine, put on some motivating music, and get stuck in. We first tell each other about why we love being financially free, what our exciting plans and goals are for the next few years, and why. Controlling our spending is so awesome, because it enables us to have the freedom to do whatever we really want. In this state of mind, we then go through every expenditure item and challenge it. By doing so, we've managed to keep the positive gap between our income and expenditure at over 50% for the past 8 years, while still living full, exciting, and abundant lives with a fantastic standard of living. We simply get rid of what we don't get value from. And we've learned to become expert buyers, ensuring we never pay more than we need to, for what we want. The benefit of tracking each and every month is that you catch yourself quickly, before you go too far off target and dash and it allows you to do something about it. It also allows you to see, when you're doing well, if each and every month you see the gap closing, your motivation soars and your wealth feast vision becomes stronger and stronger. I'm often asked, why I bother with a few dollars here and there. It's not about penny pinching, living a small, mean life is neither an abundant nor wealthy life. I bother to record and acknowledge small amounts, because of the combined principles of consciousness and compounding consciousness is about control and choice. It's about acknowledging that I am responsible for every outcome in my life and that I have a choice to do whatever I want with my money, knowing that some choices will create my financial freedom feast and some will destroy it. Either way, it's my choice, and I'm very conscious about my spending. Compounding is about acknowledging that every cent is a seed and every dollar is a golden egg and has a value. If I choose, I can let it hatch and grow into a big feast. So yes, I do bother with small amounts. 
I'm also sometimes asked why I don't necessarily stay in the most expensive hotels and so forth. Again, it's about a balance of choice, value, and abundance. I love nice things, but I don't need them in my life to feel wealthy. Wealth is a feeling that comes from inside of me. It comes from knowing that I value the money in my life. I feel wealthy knowing I now live life on my terms. I get to do the work I love in a way that fulfills me. I am immensely grateful for all I have in my life and so I look after it and grow it. But mostly, I manage my money because I have a huge why. My life's vision is huge and the legacy I want to leave, the people I want to help, and the difference I want to make in this world need me to be great with money and dash and so I am. My wealth feast has been created by small amounts of money consistently added to my wealth pots, nurtured, and allowed to grow and expand over time, transforming into a feast that now feeds me with abundance each and every day. It's, as Warren Buffett says, someone's sitting in the shade today, because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Where to squeeze? The following are some areas of spending, where most people can squeeze out between 10% and 30% without reducing their standard of living. Bank fees and dash change to a low-cost bank account bullet interest payments and dash destroy your debt bullet insurances and dash in chapter 13 we will totally nail this. You'll learn how to save significantly on your life, home, car, and medical insurance. With one private client, I found 16% savings in just this one area alone. Bullet Utilities and Dash consolidate your utility provision to fewer providers and negotiate the saving. Bullet Magazines and Dash get annual subscriptions for the magazines you really read and get value from and never buy them from the corner shop again. Subscriptions will save you up to 70% of the cover costs. Better yet, agree with your family to give magazine subscriptions to each other, as gifts. Bullet Culinary Comfort and Dash Stock Buying Prepackaged, Ready Made and Takeaway Meals. Not only are they full of preservatives and additives, this convenience costs you over 120% more than the basic ingredients. When you cook, double the quantity and freeze the extra amount, ensuring you already have your own pre-prepared meals. Available for when you don't have the time or inclination to cook. Bullet Gym Memberships and Dash, if you use the gym, fantastic, but in fact, fewer than 87% of people regularly go. Cancel the membership and rather go exercise in your local park. Bullet other memberships and subscription programs and dash look through your direct debits and question whether you use them all. Other expense slashing tips include bullet buy filter for your tap water instead of drinking bottled water. Bullet challenge the grand double shot skinny no foam latte culture. How much are you spending on concepts that barely existed 15 years ago? Do you really need that cappuccino every day? Bullet take your own lunch to work. Bullet make your hair coloring last longer than you normally would. Instead of getting it done 8 times a year, for example, have it done 5 times. Bullet know the different times when your landline and mobile phone rates are at their cheapest and also use Skype, whenever possible. Bullet turn off appliances and use low energy bulbs to reduce your electricity bill. Bullet install solar heating in your house. Bullet maintain and service your car regularly. Bullet turn down the temperature on your water heater. Bullet go to movies on discount days. Bullet get out books from your local library. Bullet start a book club. Bullet eat fruit and vegetables that are in season. 
Bullets make your own cleaning products and dash they are cheaper and better, for you and the environment. Bullet go to restaurants that let you bring your own wine. Bullet do your monthly grocery shopping online with prepared lists. Bullet buy generic products. Bullet ride to work. Buy a low-cost scooter, or better yet, a bicycle to get to work. Bullet set your pool filter, if you have one, to run during off-peak electricity times. Bullet buy your household items on sale and from bulk wholesalers. Bullet use the internet to find out about prices and values, before you buy. Bullet never buy a new car. It loses up to 20% of its value as soon as you drive it off the showroom floor. Bullet check out charity shops, second-hand merchants, and garage sales. Bullet consider giving up some of your vices, smoking, alcohol, gambling, sweets, and chocolate. Bullet Christmas, Eid Al-Adha, and Diwali are not emergencies. Spend half as much as usual on these holidays. Talk openly with your family and friends and share with them your vision for financial freedom. Bullet use your ADM card only a planned number of times in the month to withdraw the cash you need. Bullet, once a month have a no money Sunday. This is a fun day, where each person must come up with an idea of having a fab day without spending anything. Make and fly a kite, have a picnic, watch airplanes, walk in a forest. Bullet finally, make your own list of cost-saving ideas. Get the whole family involved. There are also a number of great websites that deal in expense reduction. Surf the net and get inspired. Once you start, you'll be amazed at how much extra money you can find without reducing your standard of living. Can you stand the heat? Slashing your expenses is only one part of squeezing all of the juice out of your income and reducing your cost of living. Your spending habits are the other. I promise to share with you the greatest tool in your kitchen that will help you make all of this so much easier. But before I can do that, I need to find out if you can stand the heat. I'm a trained firewalking instructor and have walked across blistering hot coals countless times. I've also walked on broken glass, broken wooden boards, and concrete planks with my hands, and talked hundreds of other people how to do the same. I've bent iron bars with my neck and pushed long needles through my hands. Now, before you run screaming and reach for the off button, don't panic. I won't be asking you to walk on hot coals and dash well, not yet. These activities, in and of themselves, serve no purpose other than as metaphors to experience what we all can do in the right state of mind in Dash and to help us understand the following, you can master the most powerful tool you have in Dash your mind. In order to master our minds, we need to know how they work and how they process information. I'm sure you've had the experience of a group of people participating in the same event but having completely different responses to it. People read things differently, we all experience a unique and distorted reality. If we don't understand this, then we'll believe that our representation is the actual, true, reality. I'm sure you're also familiar with the saying, S happens. Well, it's events that happen. Whether they are good or bad depends on the interpretation you decide to put on them. Any and every event has no meaning other than the meaning we give it. The meaning you give something, and how you choose to respond to it, determines the quality and the wealth of your life. When awake, we register around 2.3 million bits of information per second. In the film What the Bleep, Dr. Joe Spencer estimates, however, that we are bombarded with approximately 400 billion bits of data each second. Now, whether it's 2.3 million or 400 billion, it's certainly a huge amount. 
these bits of data are absorbed primarily through our five senses. This is too much to cope with consciously, so our mind sees the information and filters it down to just five to nine chunks of information at any given time. It does this in order for us to make sense of them and, in so doing, creates an internal representation of the event. So what we end up with is a representation of the event, not the event itself. There are three ways our mind sees the data coming in. We delete, distort, and generalize the information to create our unique internal representation of the event. Just how we delete, distort, and generalize the data depends on our beliefs, values, memories, language, self-imposed rules, meta programs, and the strongest one of all and dash our identity. These interweave to create the sieves through which all our world experience is sieved, deleted, distorted, and generalized into a form to which we can give meaning. The issue here isn't that we delete, distort, or generalize. The problem is the quality of these sieves and the meaning we attribute to them. We then take actions based on the meaning we've chosen to give something and the state of our emotions at that time. These actions then determine the results we get in our lives. Our emotions are driven by three molders of meaning, our physiology, our focus, and our language. How we use any one of these molders changes the emotion we have toward our internal representation and dash which, in turn, changes the actions we take, and so, changes the results. In relation to wealth and every other aspect of life, it's these two power forces, meaning and emotion, that drive the actions we take, and thus determine the results we get. So, if you're not happy with the financial results in your life, change your sieves and your molders. You need to have a combined set of sieves, physiology, focus, and language to support your financial freedom vision and goal. In life, there are things that we just have to do, such as managing our money. Now, we can either moan about it or we can celebrate it. Celebrating has a completely different energy, and there's also a different energy for receiving, whether it be money, love, or success. It's about yin and yang. Negative thoughts about paying presuppose that you have issues about receiving money. Negative thoughts about managing your money presupposes you have issues about having money to manage in the first place. Most people say, I'll believe it, when I see it, but that isn't how it works. Thanks to your sieves, you'll see it, when you believe it. And in order to see your financial freedom, you have to believe that it's a reality, for you. People who just seem to succeed have already installed a series of beliefs and values that allow them to do so, and people who are wealthy have also installed a series of beliefs and values that allow them to make, keep, and grow their money. Two great techniques for mastering your molders. Since this is so key, I want you to learn two great techniques for mastering your molders of meaning, physiology, focus, and language. You've already started fine-tuning your wealth focus with your teeth brushing questions. Yep, we really can install great daily habits that, over time, will shift our focus to wealth. So here's a new focus daily habit to add to your new life of wealth. Every morning, start your day off consciously thinking about your financial freedom life. As you get up, close your eyes and see your financial freedom life, as you have designed it. You are already there. Make it a strong and powerful vision in your mind's eye and physically step into it. Experience what it feels like to be in it. Each day, make it stronger and stronger, enjoying how it feels to be financially free. Language is another molder of meaning. 
Your words affect your reality and they significantly impact your wealth. Notice the effect of the words I can't afford it, or I don't have the money. Do you use these words? Just how disempowering are they? They simply shut down possibilities and take away your creativity. They constrict your power. If you're choosing not to buy something, rather say, I choose not to spend my money on this. How about, my freedom is more important than this, and so I choose my freedom. Better still, ask yourself the following questions. How can I afford it? What can I do to afford it? How can I have what I want without spending that amount of money? Now, this is starting to get into the realm of quality questions. Remember, our experience of an event is inside us, not outside, and our unconscious cannot differentiate between what's real and what's imagined. So, if you're going to make stuff up, you may as well make stuff up that works. Your conscious spending seed. Let's go back to the wealth kitchen tool that is going to help you make your spending so much richer. I'm talking about the seed that you created in the last section. Huh? Yep and dash you created a sieve and you didn't even know it. This is your new sieve, your conscious spending sieve and dash through which you will test your spending in order to see if your spending is adding to your life or reducing the quality of it. This sieve will help you separate the wheat from the chaff and will also help you remember when you implement the changes that you're going to make that you're not saying no to anything and dash you're saying yes to your greatest dreams. Your conscious spending seed makes you really aware of your spending, and so helps you on your way to your goals. It helps with easier, better decision making, when it comes to purchases or investments or what to let go of. From now on, everything goes through the seed, and everything gets filtered through the seed of your big why and your financial freedom feast vision, okay? Your financial freedom vision and your big why are actually a powerful set of values that are important to you. And you now know that one of the ways you delete, distort, and generalize is through your values. So instead of just letting it happen unconsciously, you're now going to do it consciously. You do this by asking yourself. In dash is this supporting my financial freedom or not? In dash, if I choose to buy this, will it fill my wealth pots or empty them? In dash does this support my big why or take me further away from my dreams? In dash will this money choice help me fly higher? You'll get your answer immediately. Very few things are needs. Most things are wants. And everything is a choice. Now, here's the thing, this isn't about deprivation which isn't wealthy, this is about ensuring that your money fulfills you and that the things you choose to spend it on give you value, fill your life, and light you up. A tip. Bullet write the questions on a little card and then slip it into your wallet or purse. Each time you're about to spend money, have a quick run through of the questions. You'll be amazed by the results. This filter isn't just for the necessities pot, it's for all your pots. When you spend your fun pot, run your choices through your seed. When you spend your growth pot, run your choices through your seed. Use the power seeds and tools in your head to create your financial freedom. Value yourself by getting the maximum enjoyment and value out of your money. Your goal, as a wealth chef, is to be conscious of all your actions, including your spending. It's about taking back your power, being in control of your own destiny, and knowing that you get the most out of each decision you make. People tend to believe that our destiny is created at the big milestones in our lives, at the big decisions we have to make. This just isn't so. Our destiny is created in the moment-by-moment decisions we make every day. 
So make those decisions count. Review the juice squeezing and sieving techniques below and commit to incorporating some or all of them into your wealth cooking. Stop, before you buy. If you've seen an absolutely must-have item, stop. Write down what it is, note the price, and take a photo of it with your cell phone. Leave the store, go home, and think about it overnight. When you get home, write out 10 ways you can get the money for the item without using your credit card or robbing from your other pots. Determine what value you're going to get from the item. Remember to answer all the questions above. If you do this, the odds are that, when morning comes, you'll have decided you don't really need the purchase. If you do still want it, and you can pay for it without dipping into your other pots, then go for it. Using this technique also eliminates buyer's regret. Bullet leave your wallet at home. Revel in the power of being able to appreciate looking at things without having to have them. Advertisers are brilliant at using all the emotional triggers and persuasion techniques to make you believe you absolutely have to have something that 15 minutes ago you didn't even know existed. Enjoy this experience. You may be amazed at the power you feel by being able to wander around a whole shopping mall and emerge without having bought anything. Try the challenge and enjoy beating the marketers at their own game. Bullet become a master of persuasion. Read Robert Caldini's brilliant book Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. Understand the powerful techniques marketers and advertisers use to get you to part with your money. These include, the expensive equals good stereotype, where prices are inflated to make an item seem more desirable, and then discounting it to make it seem like a bargain, the contrasting principle, where an overpriced item is presented first to lessen the perceived cost of subsequent cheaper items, the scarcity technique, where a special offer is available for five days only or the bulk value illusion by three for the price of two. Bullet take your name off mailing lists, email lists, and mail order catalog lists. Catalogs, especially, provide unnecessary temptation. Bullet always think about the value of the purchase versus the effort required to earn the after-tax money you're about to spend. Bullet buy assets instead of just spending. The truth is you have a finite amount of money that you will earn in your lifetime. The wonderful thing about the modern world is that you have control over how much money you create and how much money you spend. You can change your financial situation, whenever you choose. Nevertheless, you still have only so many years to earn money in your lifetime. If you give too much of it away, you won't have enough left over to create your wealth feast. It's simple math. The one week challenge. Are you ready to really take this to a new level? Then try the one week challenge. The one-week challenge consists of making this week a big money sugar rush cutback week. Only spend on items in your security soup. Now, if even just the thought of this made you stop breathing, then you definitely need it. This is your wealth dedex. Do you think you could manage this for just one week? Squeeze the juice out of every bit of money you spend. Build a strong squeezing muscle by understanding your spending habits and changing them to habits that stop your... And let go of guilt. It doesn't work. Let go of shoulds and should nots. Just run your intended purchase through your big Y sieve and ask those simple quality questions. Choose freedom. And then choose it again. And again and again. Enjoy finding the treasure already in your life and putting it to work on your financial freedom feast. 11. Wealth recipe number 2. Expand your dough. So, how are your wealth pots looking? In Dash did you create a fun set to keep at home? to remind you of your increasing wealth? 
In dash did you accept my challenge and have a money debix? In dash did you cut out all spending and only spend on your security suit needs? In dash and finally, your language, are you aware of how you're talking? Did you use some of those great quality questions to ensure that you receive massive value from what you buy? Speaking of buying stuff, you're now going to learn how to stock your asset drawer with stocks and shares in the easiest, simplest, and most effortless way. Oh yes, you get to spend money on the gift for yourself that just keeps on giving. You'll be learning all about the stock market and how to invest in it, making the process easy and practically automatic, so you can have assets working for you. You're also going to be putting the wealth spices to work on your money, making it work hard, so that someday you won't have to. In the previous chapter, you learned that your first slice of the pie, the very first piece of income that comes into your life gets to stay in your life and goes straight into your investment pot. You also learned that, bullet you have a right to keep some of what you earn. Bullet you have a right to make some of what you earn work, for you. Bullet you have a right to keep on making what that money earns work, for you, too. Okay, okay, it's not just a right, it's a must. Easier said than done? Perhaps you really want your wealth pie carving to really happen in your life but, as is the case with many people, there just isn't any money left over, after you've finished paying everyone else. You see, therein lies the problem, you pay everyone else first. You are minding everyone else's business except your own. In other words, you're putting everyone and everything else ahead of you and your goals. If this is happening in your wealth cooking, then there's a good chance it's also happening elsewhere in your life. Remember, you and your wealth should be the most important expenditure for you every month. Even if you're unsure as to whether you'll have enough money to cover your other bills, you must still pay yourself first. You see, when you do this, you not only trigger that magical wealth accelerator and dash compounding and dash you also increase your own self-worth and self-esteem by valuing yourself enough to keep some of what you earn. In addition, you trigger your imagination, resourcefulness, and creativity to either generate more income to pay for your bills or reduce your cost of living. Commit now, therefore, to making yourself the most important bill you need to pay each and every month. Now you're going to learn how to get that investment pot working for you in the easiest, most effortless, and most automatic way possible. Wealth recipe number two and dash expand your dough is all about keeping some of the money you've earned and investing it in an environment where it can flourish. Undisturbed, so it can do what money is meant to do, grow, for you. Recipe number two, expand your dough. The expand your dough recipe, like recipe number one, is so simple that many people fail to believe that this is all they require to become financially free. But it works. Here it is. Step 1 and dash invest a fixed amount of money every month into a stock market and dash based fund via an online investment platform. In dash to do this, simply set up an automatic investment plan where money is withdrawn automatically and regularly from your bank account and invested in a stock market based fund on your behalf. Step 2 and dash reinvest any investment returns. Any income the investment pays out must be automatically reinvested. In dash most funds have either an income or an accumulation option. Select the accumulation option, which automatically puts the income back into your asset pot and just buys more of the fund for you. Step 3 and dash leave it alone to grow. Step 4 and dash once a year, increase your monthly contribution, either in the same fund or in a new fund 
in order to build up a portfolio of funds. Step 5 and dash leave it alone to grow. That's it. I told you it was easy. The automatic investment plan. These are the advantages of your automatic investment plan, Ape. 1. You only have to think and act once. 2. You can track and manage it anytime, night or day, online. 3. You benefit from dollar cost averaging. See this section further on in the book. 4. You benefit from lower investment costs, thus putting more money in your asset drawer. See this section further on in the book. 5. Your ape has more money added every month, automatically. It's fun to watch your wealth feast grow. Your asset wealth pantry drawer gets filled by itself, and so your net worth increases. Now, let's break this down a bit. Decide the amount of money you're going to invest every month from pot 1 and dash your investment pot and dash into your ape. Why regular fixed amount each month, you may ask. Well, a fixed regular investment triggers another great wealth cooking process, called dollar cost averaging. Cost averaging works, as follows, each month, you invest a fixed amount of money, and that money buys a number of units in the fund that you've chosen. The number of units you receive each month depends on the price of the units on the day you buy them. When the price of the units goes up, you receive fewer units, and when the price of the units goes down, you receive more. Over time, the average cost of all the units you've bought will be lower than the average price of the fund's units over the same period. If your island remote control has just triggered, and you're starting to switch off, please come back. This section is the one where you need to become aware, above all, of any tendency you may have for analysis paralysis. Yes, that wealth feast destroying sickness that causes us to sit on fences instead of making decisions, to lose opportunities, because we keep telling ourselves we need to know, to understand it a bit more, first. The best way to learn is by doing. And the best way to go about it is to start by committing yourself to increasing your financial literacy and knowledge, as you go. About the dollar cost averaging, it isn't essential that you understand exactly how or why it works, you just need to know that it's good for your wealth. Obviously, I'm not telling you to blindly follow everything I'm saying and dash I'm just saying that sometimes you can move forward with only a broad understanding. I don't know about you, but I only have a broad knowledge of my car's power steering system, for example, but this doesn't prevent me from using my car or hamper my driving pleasure. Besides the lower average price of the units, there is an additional great factor to cost averaging, you don't have to worry about the ups and downs of the stock market and dash known as volatility and dash or trying to time when to buy. Timing the market is when you try to buy low and sell high. And trying to time the market by jumping in and out means keeping a constant eye on events and dash not to mention the fact that we'll probably get our timing wrong more often than not, anyway. Trying to time the markets is an octopus strategy, often ending up in analysis paralysis and you're doing nothing. Cost averaging is also great, because you actually get all excited when the market goes down. While others are panicking and diving off the cliff like a bunch of lemmings, you can celebrate, knowing you're getting more for your money. Remember, you are in this investment for the long term, so you want to buy as many units as possible. Warren Buffett asked, if you expect to be a net investor during the next five years, should you hope for a higher or lower stock market during that period? Many investors get this one wrong. Even though they are going to be net buyers of stocks for years to come, 
they are elated when stock prices rise and depressed when they fall. This reaction makes no sense. Only those who will be sellers of shares in the near future should be happy at seeing stocks rise. Buyers want sinking prices. You want the stock exchange to be having a massive sale when you're investing. You want to buy when the price is going down because you'll get more and in the long term when the unit price has grown, you'll end up with a better return. Select the fund of your choice and set up your app. Research online brokers and open an investment account. Compare the costs, flexibility, and options available from different online investment brokers and investment platforms in your country. Apes are easy to set up. Most unit trust and exchange traded fund, IPF, providers also have regular investment plans that you can subscribe to. It's simplest and cheapest to set up your APE online, but you can also do so through a financial advisor. So, what should you buy? I recommend you start your equity investing in a unit trust or APE. The objective of your APE is to keep it simple, low investment costs, very little management required from you, and risk kept at a minimum. When you buy a unit trust or an APE, you're actually buying a piece of a whole basket of shares. You don't have to select the individual shares, and your investment is spread across all the shares in the fund you buy, which automatically diversifies your investment. In other words, the risk of your investment going down due to one individual share going down is diluted significantly. I also recommend that you invest in an index tracker fund. Why an index tracker? Back to my investing hero, Mr. Buffett, the best advice Buffett has for small investors is to put their money into an index tracker fund because of its broad diversification and low costs. To quote, a very low cost index is going to beat a majority of the amateur managed money and professionally managed money funds. The index tracker. As investors, there are only two things that we can control, the fees we pay and the assets we invest in. An index tracker is a low-cost, simple investment fund that mimics the performance of the stock market. In order to understand how it works, it's useful to know a little about stock market indexes. An index is a method of tracking how well a stock market, or a particular sector of it, is performing. It enables investors to assess how well they are doing by comparing their own performance against it. They can see if they are outperforming, doing better than the index, or underperforming, doing worse. Each index is made up of many different companies. When you hear on the news that the Dow Jones is down 100 points or the FTSE has risen 50 points today, the news anchor is referring to the stock market indexes of the New York Stock Exchange and the London Stock Exchange, respectively. But what does a rise of 50 points actually mean? Say the index rises by 50 points, from 5,000 to 5,050, or 1%. This means that the value that the stock market is placing on all of the companies within that exchange index has gone up by 1%. The price of each company is determined by the buying and selling of its shares on that specific day. There are literally hundreds of different indexes across the world. As well as tracking the markets of whole countries, there are also indexes that track individual industries or sectors, such as retail, industrial, or property, or large geographical regions such as Europe, Africa, or the East. In the United States, the main indexes are the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Dow, the Standard & Poor's, the S&P, and the Nasdaq where most technology shares are listed. 
In the United Kingdom, it's the FSET, which tracks the performance of the largest companies listed on the London Stock Exchange, and in Australia the main index is the ASCS, the Australian Stock Exchange. Other indexes you'll come across include the Nikkei, Japan, the Hang Seng, Hong Kong, the DAX, Germany, the CAC, France, and the GSET, South Africa. An index tracker is a fund that holds shares in the same proportion as a specific index. So if some 100 tracker, for instance, attempts to mimic the performance of the 100 largest companies listed on the London Stock Exchange, when the components of an index change, the index tracker will adjust its holdings accordingly. An index tracker, therefore, differs from most other funds and dash collectively referred to as managed funds and dash, where it's the fund manager who decides when and which companies are bought and sold. Whether index trackers are better than managed funds is a cause of fierce debate in the world of investment. For me, the evidence is fairly clear-cut, as it shows that index trackers beat the vast majority of managed funds over the long term. A study by research firm WM Company found that 82% of managed funds failed to beat the market, the index, over the course of 20 years. While you may think that sounds bad, it's actually even worse, because this figure only includes funds that survived for the entire 20 years. Many poorly performing funds are shut down or simply merged into other funds. This means that the chances of picking a fund now that will do worse than the market over the next 20 years is likely to be a great deal higher than 82%, and it is probably, in fact, well in excess of 90%. John Bogle, founder of the U.S.-based fund giant Vanguard, backs this up. Bogle looked at the returns of investing $10,000 over a 25-year period. If you'd invested the money in an actively managed retail fund 25 years ago, your $10,000 would have grown to $48,200. However, putting the same amount into a broad index tracking fund with low fees would have grown it to $170,800 and dash a huge difference of $120,000. This difference is made up of high fees, kickback commissions to advisors, costs associated with churning of the portfolio which is when the fund manager buys and sells too much, and poor market timing. Some people believe that it's possible to consistently pick one of the few funds that will beat the index. I don't want to spend all my time following every managed fund and every fund manager to make sure I select the few funds that beat the index, and this is why I like index trackers. Buffett also warns investors to beware the glib helper who fills your head with fantasies while he fills up his pockets with fees. In my view, a vast majority of the financial industry is made up of these glib helpers. So why do managed funds perform so badly as a group? Taken together, managed funds are, essentially, the market. This means, that collectively, they hold their investments in pretty much the same proportion, as an index tracker does. Before taking costs into account, therefore, you'd expect a managed fund and an index tracker to produce the same sort of return. When you take costs into account, however, two key differences emerge between index trackers and managed funds. First, charges for managed funds tend to be a lot higher than those for index trackers. A typical managed fund charges around 1.5% a year, whereas the average index tracker charges around 0.5% and some charge even less. These differences may sound small, but they compound each year and give index trackers a huge advantage over the long term. 
The second difference is that managed funds trade more frequently. The typical managed fund turns over around 50% of its holdings each year, meaning that the fund manager buys and sells at least half of the stocks in the fund each year. Each buy or sell, called a trade, costs money. The dealing costs associated with this trading activity give managed funds an additional handicap to overcome when pitched against index trackers, which tend to have an annual portfolio turnover of less than 20%. If an index tracker were to perform, say, 1.5 percentage points better each year than a managed fund because of the lower costs, what difference could this make to you? Let's say you put $1,000 into a tracker and $1,000 into a managed fund. The index tracker grows at 10% a year, the managed fund at 8.5% a year. After 10 years, your managed fund would be worth $2,261, but your tracker would be worth $2,594. Over 20 years, the managed fund would grow to $5,112 and the tracker would be worth $6,728. So your extra 1.5% return a year results in 24% more cash, for you at the end of 20 years. In addition to a higher expected return, index trackers have one final major advantage over managed funds, they are much simpler to operate. Essentially, you just pick your tracker and leave it to do its job for 20 years or even longer. If you prefer the managed fund route, however, not only do you have a bewildering number to choose from in the first place, several thousand, in fact, but you also have to continually monitor the fund's performance and even pick another fund should its returns fail to inspire or its manager departs for elsewhere, a fairly common occurrence. All things considered, I believe that an index tracker is the most suitable initial investment vehicle for the wealth chef and the ideal place to start your equity investing three simple steps. These are the three simple steps to set up your app. 1. Commit to a specific amount to pay yourself. 2. You can start an app with most investment houses with very small regular investment amounts. 3. Just be aware of your trading versus investment costs. Remember that the habit of paying yourself first is more important than the specific amount of money right now. As you see the money grow in your investment account, your motivation to add more will increase. And once you've mastered recipes number 1 and number 4, the debt destroyer, you'll realize you can increase the amount significantly, without lowering your standard of living. Select your index tracker fund. Choosing an index tracker is relatively simple. There are three main things to consider, bullet which index it tracks bullet what type of fund it is, unit trust or at bullet the charges. I suggest that you start with the primary index for the country you live in. From there, you can add trackers for other geographic regions and sectors. Your target will be to have four or five different trackers in your whole portfolio. What type of fund? Most index trackers are either unit trusts or ETFs. Unit trusts are priced daily and can be bought directly from a fund manager via an online discount. Broker or financial advisor. Experts have found that two factors, cost and asset class, determine the bulk of our investing returns. This is the reason I'm a big fan of ETHs, which are ultra-low-cost index funds that trade on the share market, just like other shares. ETHs are traded on the stock market and, therefore, their prices change continuously throughout the trading day. More and more, index trackers are becoming available through the huge growth of the ETH industry. Your decision as to 
whether you go for a unit trust or an ETH should be based on ease of investment and costs. Two types of funds. There are two types of funds you can select, income funds and accumulation funds. Income funds are set up, so that, when income is earned by an investor, the fund manager pays that income out to the investor in the form of a cash payment. In the case of shares and funds, the income is a result of dividends being paid out by the companies that you own in the fund. While you're building your wealth feast, you do not want this paid out. Accumulation funds, on the other hand, automatically reinvest all income earned by an investor back into the fund. This is usually reflected in an increase in the unit or share price of the fund. Funds make the distinction between income and accumulation status in two different ways. Some funds have two separately created and operated funds, for example, Zez Growth Fund Income and Zez Growth Fund Accumulation. In other cases, there's just one fund and you make a selection of either reinvesting your income or having your income paid to you in cash. Automatic reinvestment is also cheaper, as you don't get charged broker fees or transaction costs for the reinvestment. Keeping your investment costs as low as possible is another wealth chef skill and dash financial competence. What about investment property? Yes, the same reinvestment recipe applies, all net income you earn from your investment property must be reinvested back into your wealth feast. Make your wealth pitch in a bustling, happy place full of little wealth chefs in the form of your investment returns, whipping up your feast, for you. And please don't kill these wonderful workers by robbing yourself. What are the costs? When selecting your specific index tracker, look carefully at all the costs involved, look at the total expense ratio, TUR, of the fund you're considering. You should be selecting a fund with a TUR of 0.5% or less. Also look at your trading costs. This means the cost of buying the fund. Keep your average trading cost as low as you can by selecting an online trading slash investing platform with competitive costs and by buying your investment in big enough lumps to keep the percentage cost of each trade less than 1% complete the application forms and start your ape. You can start your ape with most of the major funds online. Get the forms, fill them in, and get going. Also, make sure you set up a direct debit from your bank account on the day after your income comes in, so that you're paying yourself first. Apes are given different names by different institutions. Don't worry about the name, just do it. Simply decide how much money you're going to pay yourself each month, select your online platform, select your index to track, set up your ape, and commit to it. With regards to paying yourself, if this is new to you and you're still getting to grips with reducing your cost of living, not the standard of living, I recommend that you set up your Ape Direct Debit directly from your main bank account. Keep it simple. If, however, you want to start building up your savings pot and additional investment capital to, say, put a down payment on an investment property in addition to your Ape, you should open up an investment account separate from your everyday banking account. Set up an automatic transfer from the bank account, where your income gets deposited into your investment and savings account. Set it up for the day, after the income is deposited. This transfer must include your a monthly investment amount, as well as your additional investment and savings amounts. Your monthly APE direct debit is then set up from your investment account. Just make sure that the bank fees associated with the additional accounts justify this strategy and that you won't be able to dip into this account easily.
If you really want to accelerate your investment fund have your income deposited into your investment savings account and then set up an automatic transfer from your investment account to your everyday account for exactly the amount of money you have budgeted to live on. This way, any increase in your income or bonus payment goes into your investment pot and you keep living happily off the same budget that you've already set up. Don't rob yourself. Now, the key to making this really work for you is, don't rob yourself, reinvest your investment returns. Imagine going to an ATM, withdrawing money, and then putting it onto your own head and forcing yourself to hand the money over to the first person you can find. Yes, as ridiculous as it sounds, most people have mastered the art of robbing themselves. How do they do this? They start off well, they set up an investment plan, just as in recipe number 2 and invest a little money. Then it all comes to a grinding halt, when they sabotage their entire freedom feast, as soon as the money is doing what it's meant to do and dash that is, making more money and dash they rob their wealth pot and give it to the first retailer they can find. If you're baking a cake and keep opening the oven door to check on it, taste it, and see how it's doing, you soon end up with a flat flop. Well, money is just the same, if you spend your investment returns too early, you remove the power of compounding and take yourself right back to a break-even money cook. Wealth chefs have mastered the recipe of letting their money do exactly what it's meant to do. They see every dollar as a seed to be planted to earn hundreds more, which can then be replanted to earn thousands more. Expanding dough only works effectively as a long-term plan and it requires compounding and time to work its magic and transform your little contributions into a magnificent feast. Am I saying you are never to spend the money being generated in your ape? Well, yes and no. In the short term, you won't be touching your ape contributions nor the money it earns. In the long term, this becomes your freedom feast, and you'll be feasting off it happily, once it has grown to a size, where it can sustain itself. The money you invest in your ape is the foundation of your freedom feast. It needs to remain in your wealth pot so it can grow. Please understand that contributing to your ape for a couple of years isn't going to change your life. However, contributing to your ape and reinvesting all your investment returns until your ape has reached your identified financial freedom feast net worth will change your financial life forever. The most exciting thing about mastering Expand Your Dough is that it accelerates your wealth growth and will allow you to retire early and feed yourself from your freedom feast for the rest of your life. By reinvesting all your investment returns, you're creating a whole army of little wealth chefs to do the hard work for you. Letting your money work and reinvesting your investment returns is a critical component of this recipe, which you need to master for your long-term wealth success. Congratulations! Congratulations, you are just three more recipes away from becoming a wealth chef. Just this recipe alone will make you significantly richer.